0: Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. All right, welcome to the podcast. It is a Thursday, just after noon. The NBA just uh, announced, or the players announced, they're going to continue playing this weekend. So that's where we're at right now. They're going to start back. Perhaps Friday is what I was told, but we'll see what actually happens. Another... Difficult week in America, although maybe every week's difficult in America, but it's certainly a newsworthy week in America. We have pretty much everything going on. We have a pandemic. We have a, a political conventions. We have a hurricane. Thoughts to everybody down in Louisiana. I love that area of western Louisiana. Anyone who's been in that area knows the, the water, can, water doesn't have to rise too far to cause uh, significant damage. Uh, And then we have the situation with uh, Jacob Blake and and everything going on in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Uh, Obviously, we discussed this in the spring when it came to George Floyd. I mean, this is a college football podcast. We are trying to be the break from regular news. Try not to talk about much other than college football and really stupid news. It's usually the extent of our news coverage is animal (laughs) attacks Drunken misbehavior and legal arguments are surrounding <laughs> gentlemen's clubs. <laughs> stay in our lane. But that's, don't forget that's, we try wars. to stay in our we'll, lane. We'll,
1: we'll get chicken wars in there, too.
0: Yeah, chicken wars. Uh, I mean, we really do branch out. But here we are. And obviously, there's no sticking to sports when, you know, situations like this arise. And and quite honestly, I mean, the NBA shut down for a night. Uh, Boston College canceled practice on Friday. Uh, there may be more later in the day. I don't know. See if any other teams. South Florida. South Florida did. Okay. Who else? Anyone else? That's, uh, that's all we got as of now. Twelve fourteen Eastern time. So here we are. Uh, this, is the, this is the spot we're in. We would love to be uh, breaking down a whole slate of games this weekend. That's not what 2020 had in mind. So I, I guess we can, you know, we do think it's important when white people talk about these things as well as others. I think we all agree on that. I, you know uh, these incidents are just too repetitive and difficult you know they just keep keep happening and happening and happening and uh unfortunate all around i my whole thing and I, i worked on a story this week when the detroit lions skipped practice is when you talk to or you listen to you know over zoom these interviews with some of the players and coaches particularly white ones is they got like Matthew Stafford, their quarterback, was talking about how lucky and privileged he was to be able to sit in a room and listen to other perspectives for four hours. Uh, Life unlike his, uh, situations unlike his. And that's what's moved him. You know, he talked about the pain of hearing the voices and the stories that people told uh, that they've never told publicly. And there's a lot of, you know, people don't want to step out and say, well, this is what happened to me, but it might have happened to them. I think my one thing about all this is listening it seems to be a lost art in this country. Uh, anytime anything happens, everyone just re- not everybody, but a lot of people retreat to their corner and start screaming, yep. you know, and uh, I don't know what the problem would be to listen. A- and that can be listening to African-American men telling their situation. It can be listening to the perspective of police officers who want real change and, you know, the, the, the good officers that want a better system. Uh, I, I don't know why that became such a negative these days, but it is. You know, I, I look at these people were really, was, there's nowhere to turn for dialogue. Like the the internet's just so awful. And the, the news stations, you know, I hate and, and they're pretty awful. And it's like, but what I would say, so I don't know if this is even a big opinion, but you saw it online, but these players, these NBA players, you, you know, they're protesting in literally the most non violent fashion imaginable. Yeah. All they did was not mm-hmm. play basketball. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Don't sit yeah. there and say, well, it's the, I don't want to listen because of the looting. I don't want to listen to him because of vandalism. I don't want to listen to him because it was during the national anthem. I don't want to listen to. What could they have done less violent, less confrontational than? We're not going to play basketball. We're going to have a couple meetings in a hotel in Disney World. And so if you're not willing to listen to their perspective, I don't mean you have to agree with them. But if you're not even willing to listen, maybe learn something. Like, if not now, when? This is the exact kind of protest <laughs> that, you know, to listen to Doc Rivers talk, to listen to the the Milwaukee Bucks talk about the, the, the legislative reform they want, things like that. I just, you know, I just wish there was more listening in the country. I think there'd be a lot more common ground uh, found that way than like virtue signaling to your base and screaming and just having a pre, pre-opinion. So uh, it's not the most profound take, but don't listen to me. Listen to people who have a, a much, much more direct situation or perspective on this uh, than I do.
2: Yeah. No, I, I mean, I agree with everything you said that uh, this is a good time especially for those of us who maybe aren't around diverse viewpoints all the time to open your mind and your eyes and ears to those and say okay what do i what do i need to know here that i don't either understand or that you know maybe i'm not getting to at least entertain other people's viewpoints and other ways of looking at things and seeing if okay maybe n- now maybe now I understand things a little bit better maybe I have some more empathy or understanding for what people are doing as you said look I, these athletes have an incredible platform and they are using it in a in a completely non-confrontational manner People may not like it because some people a just don't like what they're doing, and some people want to watch basketball and don't want any politics involved in any of their sports. But I'm sorry, that's not America 2020. That the reality is, these are uh, majority African American athletes who have been profoundly affected. Many of them by what's going on, and uh, it is interesting with the day to sleep on it for them to come back and 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 say we're going to keep playing. I. I can completely understand for multiple reasons a feeling Thursday night of forget it. We are done here. The frustration uh, of seeing these things happen over and over and over again in communities that most of them grew up in, or not most, but many of them grew up in. But the other things involved too here, man. I mean, somebody 25 years ago gave me a great acronym to basically kind of check yourself on, HALT. Are you hungry, angry, lonely, tired? And if you are those things... You probably need to take care of yourself to a degree. And these NBA players are angry. They're lonely. They've been in this bubble for months by themselves, away from their families, and they're tired. This has been a grind for them. And they're tired of socially what's happened. So, I mean, I could completely identify with that kind of feeling of like, man, let's just get out of here. Uh, they're going to come back and play. I think that's a good decision. Um, I think that it it all really kind of helps them get, uh, to, to establish a resonance to what they're doing and saying here. Uh, and I look forward to hearing more from them on this matter and hearing from the college athletes that we're starting to see. As you mentioned, obviously, a couple of college teams that aren't, aren't practicing. Uh, video from Stanford football that was pr- pretty profound this morning of a bunch of players talking about things. I think we're going to see that throughout the week and
1: through the weekend and, and who knows for how long. I think my biggest takeaway for, from last night was the uh, the power of possibility that that came with what happened in the uh, in the NBA and then in the WNBA and then in Major League Baseball and I think once you have done this and it was organic I think the way it happened was I mean the Magic had no idea that the Bucks were planning on this game and the Bucs had no idea that the Magic would wouldn't accept them it wouldn't wouldn't take the win. So, I mean, the Bucks did this saying, all right, we're up 3-1 in this series. We're going to go 3-2. Like it was as genuine and organic of a way as this could have unfolded. And, you know, look, we live in an era of just like faux criticism. And whenever something happens, you can already predict how one side is going to criticize and the other side is going to criticize. It's it's a terrible canned industry that is that has emerged in, in, modern, in modern media. So, of course, the criticism is, well, they don't even have a reason they're doing it. To me, the fact that they did it can do it means they will likely do it again. Of course, they never reason to do it. It happened spontaneously. It was, you know, serendipitous. So of course, there was not an end game, any kind of specificity in mind. But I think what we saw through how everything transpired was that this can be done again, and it can be done again for a specific targeted reason. It can be done for a cause. It can be done for justice. And. Uh, to me, that was the that was the power of last night, that this multi-billion dollar NBA machine can be shut down because players want racial justice. They want their voices to be heard. And I really think that we are going to now see this happen more in the future. Unfortunately, in in America, it's become too commonplace where there's been pre- police brutality like we saw in, in, in Kenosha. And uh, I, I really think that may be what this moment is best remembered for, is that the, the NBA players now saw in, in real time, you know, the power of them coalescing and what can happen. All
0: right, so this is a college football uh, podcast. So we're going to spin this to college football. There's plenty of places to to listen to this discussions elsewhere. And I, like I said, I think there's better perspectives than us three. But... <sighs> probably on college football too. So. <laughs> yeah, probably on college football too. <laughs> but uh, along some of these lines, now we are we are fighting for a season, okay? The season... Uh, we actually have a game this weekend. One game. Hallelujah. Austin P against Central Arkansas. Yeah, baby. Game being played in Montgomery, Alabama, because uh, why not?
1: <laughs> My Bears will go anywhere, Dan. And they'll turn yeah. around on Thursday and go to you, play UAB on the road. My bears yeah, I, will go anywhere. That is pretty good.
2: Uh, my yeah, that's my good. governors for, are ready for this. Okay, so they're so. just staying
0: in Alabama. They're
1: making a swing. Yeah, where's their coach, right. Pat? If they're ready, where's their coach?
2: Well, I'd Mark Hutzpah's out.
1: I don't know who they're replacing <laughs> him
2: with. You know, some schmo assistant. How ready I'm sure are he'll they? he'll do a very
1: good job. <laughs> I can't wait for Pat to be angry at the uh, at the rookie Austin P. Head coach when he makes some critical game game well, management decision on Saturday night and Central Arkansas wins. I will point out
2: they are playing in the same stadium at the com- that Camellia Bowl Stadium oh, yes. in Montgomery, where Eastern <laughs> Michigan violated all tenets of smart coaching and ruined that game that bowl game for me.
1: We need to have like some term for the 40 grudge list, <laughs> like yeah. just the, the unforgivable bowl game <laughs> management that, that kills Pat and his Curran's bowl pool. <laughs> There's no sin that, that lasts longer in the brain of Pat Forty than you costing him a bowl game in a points pool. Chris Creighton,
0: man, you're in trouble still <laughs> two years later from Eastern Michigan. Yeah, so we're going to get f- uh, Central Arkansas playing twice in five days, both in Alabama, which is kind of sad because <laughs> the Central Arkansas should be playing at home because they have a purple and gray stadium turf. Oh, how they much did do that you love Boise them? State thing to try to
1: gimmick themselves oh. up? So here's 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 my Central Arkansas thing. There is a high likelihood that all three people on this podcast, all four people on this podcast, is so Sully surely will, will watch. Three Central Arkansas games this season in virtually their entirety, all right? Because we're degenerates, and we're going to watch the entire game Saturday, right? That's a given, right? Wire to wire. Now, Thursday, there is both the Southern Miss-South Alabama game and then the UAB game versus that. Now, I'm probably going to watch a lot of UAB Central Arkansas because UAB plays Miami the following Thursday and what's Mm -hmm. going to obviously be a, a big game, so I'll be very curious about that. And then later this season, (laughs) there's the Trey Lance game in which Central Arkansas uh, signed up for an October 3rd date to the Fargo Dome. Now, one of the many reasons I love Central Arkansas uh, is they will play anyone, anywhere, anytime. So along with those games, let's not forget, they're also going to play Arkansas State, also are going to play Louisiana Lafayette, which is uh, the best team in the Sun Belt. So Central Arkansas is playing an opener, turning around on five days rest, which is not doctor recommended with or without COVID. (laughs) And then they're going to go to the Fargo Dome to be mincemeat for North Dakota State and still play two more. Yes. Two more FBS teams. So central Arkansas, you are wondrously shameless. And I hope you pack every dollar in your coffers that your schedule has been designed to do. Nate Brown, the coach, I salute you. Robert Rochelle, the cornerback, we'll get to see plenty of him. He's supposed no. to be a third-round No, no, pick. no,
2: You do not get to do the depth chart on Central Arkansas. No, <laughs> stop. <laughs> Sorry, I stop wanted to talk about there, football.
1: <laughs> I, I will say this. Our trusty, our trusty draft uh, nerd, Eric Edholm, and I said that endearingly, when I called him that North Dakota State was going to play Central Arkansas, he immediately goes, ooh, that's a great matchup. They have Robert Rochelle at corner. He was on Bruce Fobin's freak list. He's gonna be a top oh top three round pick. And I was just like, he's like, that's a great test for Lance. He's never thrown an interception. So oh, oh I will go, I will go Central Arkansas depth chart on you all day long. Like <laughs> people want football. It's actual football. So
0: we are all Central Arkansas Bears.
1: Yes. Yes. So like you the fight song. <laughs> we go. we 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 have this plotted and planned. Like, let's go. Pat, your governors have no chance.
2: The Bears can be the official team of the podcast for this season, but I'm, I, I will be the official crank. I'll go against
0: them. Boo Bears. Go go. No, you know, you've always been biased against Central Arkansas. You've always, <laughs> always. hated them. <laughs> always. What
2: Some... did you not get
0: accepted
1: there? Yeah. <laughs> what did they do to you? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Oh, he's a good one. <laughs> Must have rejected you. You, you hate us because you ain't us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Red free in your head, Central Arkansas. <laughs>
1: Conway, Arkansas.
2: It's going be hard Central to say socially distant
1: in it- Conway on Saturday <laughs> night, all right? Yeah. It's be hard to say socially distant. Right now oh. the bears are ripping through Austin Pete. Is't really all of Arkansas Central like it's just it's
0: just a little square it doesn't seem like do seem like a directional
2: uh, They're gonna like hang out along the Coosa River on their five days in between
0: Montgomery and Birmingham
2: just you know what they're gonna do.
0: yeah, it's a real road trip yeah yeah you gotta 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 give them credit they're just they're just going for it. Uh, it's good scheduling. Well hey UCA baby. Do you bus home from Montgomery teams. and then
1: bus to Birmingham two days later, three days later? Oh no, no, no. You 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 stay you stay
2: in Birmingham. Uh if I don't know, I don't know how good the budget is these days at Central Arkansas, but if you can get that Marriott on two eighty and you hang out at that oh, little yeah. shopping center area there and
1: chill for a few I'm days. I'm embarrassed to admit how many times I've drank with you in that Marriott <laughs> in that shopping center path. It's like very yeah. sad to be honest. We've been there. We've yes. been there. It's also the
0: Marriott for the Talladega. Uh, right off yeah, the high well. Line. Anyway, so we have a game uh, as I was getting to until we got really excited about <laughs> Central Arkansas and their their gray and purple field. <laughs> I do like. I that. don't know if they have any home games, but they do have the gray and purple field. So the, my my question is: Would could you know we we we've struggled through COVID and it seems like we're going to get something done here. Lord knows what this season is going to look like, but I can't see Central Arkansas and there will be a season. There will be something. Yep. Are pretty confident
2: we're going to kick but off, but
0: now we have this, and so the NBA shut down. Could college football get shut down? Could some teams boycott? I think if you th- you say no, you're crazy. First off, this is 2020. Okay, yeah. unprecedented is just that's just the daily thing. It's total <laughs> chaos in this country right now. It's just this is what we we do. Unprecedented is the precedent. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. B there could be. There will be another incident with police. Uh, I, I don't know when. I hope there isn't, but it's like saying there'll never be another mass shooting in this country. Well, psh, yeah, give me a break. There's going to yeah. be. That's mm-hmm. just we don't know when, and I don't know how long this is going to stretch out. I don't know if the NFL is going to get involved, but and look, if that's if that's what the players want to do, or if that makes meaningful change, I'm not criticizing. I'm looking at it from our perspective of is there going to be a season but this could be a huge you know a huge thing I, it, certainly in a lot of a lot of places there is a great love of college football among the populace and a lot less love of nba basketball so i'm not sure that you're really hitting any you know i found like on social media last night when i was looking the people angriest about the nba not playing were the people who had already said they never will watch the nba <laughs> right. so like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the NBA fans are like, yeah, good. That's cool. Yeah, right? Right. <laughs> like, I'm completely yeah. outraged. I'm really not going to watch him now. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. there you go. Or they're worried. I like when they're worried about the league uh, business model failing and all the players going broke. I, yeah. They'll be all right.
2: Yeah, I think so.
0: You know, I, I I never would have thought an NFL team would skip a practice, and that not only did the Lions do it, and now everyone, a bunch of people did it, but here we are. So who knows? and uh how quickly you know this is college college kids are are i mean if anybody is prone to demonstrations it's college students historically so i think anything could happen here i don't i don't know what how this plays out in in the season i think a lot of college football teams are maybe a little fortunate that this is happening this week when it isn't a game week though
2: uh i think you're right i think you're right i think that uh I, it would be naive to assume that there aren't at least conversations going on of should we do this? How would we do this? Would anybody else do it with us if, you know, and I am totally randomly just throwing something out. You know, if, if Georgia Tech says we're not going to play, well, is, is you know, is, is Virginia going to join them? Is Virginia Tech? You know, the ACC has that kind of first weekend. Um, September 10th, they start. And then the Thursday night game, then they play on the twelfth, a lot of them. Would there could there be a league wide thing where they say, Yeah, we're not gonna do it? I I I don't know if it's going to happen. And you're right, Dan, that the time for the emotions to come down a little bit could change things. But if you are sitting there as either a fan or an administrator or a coach and thinking, ah, oh, that's never gonna
1: happen, then you're you're naive. You better you better be in touch with what your what your players are thinking. So I called uh, Craig Robinson Wednesday night. He is uh, probably best known for being the first brother-in-law, uh, Michelle Obama's brother, Barack's brother-in-law, who was also the head coach at Brown for a couple of years. And then he was at Oregon State for uh, for a handful of years. And he actually went and worked for the Bucks and then the uh, the Knicks in NBA front offices. And he's now the head of the NABC, which is a uh, position that has probably been uh, – Let's just say underoptimized, uh, perhaps by its uh, by its predecessor. <laughs> is that the nicest way I can say it? Uh, riddled riddled with apathy and irrelevance might be a little meaner way to say it. But um, so anyway, Craig Robinson is one of the most impressive people you will ever meet in uh, in college athletics and. You know, we were just walking through a little bit of his perspective, obviously, the intersection of basketball and politics. I don't, I don't think there's many, many folks in the athletic space who have more expertise than Craig. He was you know, integral in the campaign trail for the uh, for the Obamas in 07 and 08. And at the end of the conversation, you know, I just kind of asked him, how do you think this this translates to college basketball specifically? Because it will certainly resonate. It will certainly reverberate in some way. And, you know, we we just were kind of talking and he was like, well, we have the pandemic, we have the, you know, whether we're going to play, can we play in a bubble, then we're gonna have name image and like this, we have like, he just started listening, all of the things sort of facing the sport. So it's like, it's like, Hard to say if we don't know games will be played. It's hard to say that a game will be skipped or that a protest will happen. So it's just like it's it's all very 2020, right? Like I fully expect there to be protests. Remember, there was always like those sort of stories, myth or not, that like the UNLV team in the early 90s, and this is before I was really covering it. Pat was there. Pat was a veteran by then in the early 90s. Like, um, but, but there was always like a, like a, a notion that they they pondered walking out. More recently, Wisconsin, uh, you know, in the last 10 years, uh, when they're in the final four there was like you know chatter and notion and i i really think again the, the power of possibility from what the nba did the other night will will reverberate in a lot of different areas and, and i think you're naive to think you won't see it in college football you won't see it in college basketball however those two sports do emerge from this uh you know it from the upcoming months
0: you talked to uh barry alvarez right the other night i did
1: no i talked to barry last night too and he so. was uh supportive of of these demonstrations, these actions. Uh, yes. And, you know, probably, you know, one of the five most prominent Wisconsin sports faces of the last generation, you know, like obviously Giannis is probably more prominent now, but in terms of the state of Wisconsin, understanding the state and what they mean. And, you know, Barry was, it, it was, he, he had heard about the Bucks, and By the time I called him, he hadn't heard about the Brewers yet. And uh, he just said he was proud of it. He was like, the, the country needs it. And he knew how much sports means to people in Wisconsin. And he really thought it would, uh, it would, it would resonate. And uh, we kind of chuckled because I was like, well, Barrett, ask you if your if your teams plan on doing anything, but they're not playing. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, we you, had you're stuck. <laughs> we, no, I didn't stick it to him. We we kind of went back and forth and had a uh, yeah. had a chuckle, had a chuckle about it. And they're not even on campus because I, you know, I kind of said, are people around to work out? Could they stop working out? And he's like, no, nah, they're not even back to Labor Day, so it, there's there's not the uh, time for it. But uh, you know, he was clearly cognizant and very respectful of of a very significant moment. As you
0: might expect, uh, there are lawyers involved in the uh, Big Ten decision. I think there already were. But we just had a lawsuit filed on uh, Thursday by uh, eight University of Nebraska Cornhusker football players are suing the Big Ten and seeking to have uh, a reversal According to the Omaha World Hair. I've not reviewed the the lawsuit yet. That's what every every time you want to comment from somebody, they was we haven't reviewed the lawsuit yet, so we can't comment. <laughs> okay. um, yeah. I'll comment. They're seeking a reversal of its decision to postpone the fall sports season, and they're seeking greater clarity into how league leadership arrived at the conclusion. Let me put it this way: I would say this lawsuit's going nowhere. But again, I just recently <laughs> warned us all not to predict anything. <laughs> You <laughs> imagine if some like some judge somewhere is like, nah, you guys are playing. <laughs> I don't believe that's uh-huh. that's possible. But anyway, uh, we got we got a lawsuit, man. We got a lawsuit. Uh, this is from the attorney. This lawsuit isn't about money or damage, it's about real life relief. These student athletes have followed all the precautions, underwent regular testing, and lived according to the prescribed guidelines of the world-class experts at the University of Nebraska Medical Center all for the chance to play football in September. Sadly, these students will have no recourse other than filing a lawsuit against their conference. My initial thing is, of all the things going on in the country, the uh, fact that some Nebraska football players might have to wait a couple months is uh, cry me a a river. But uh, here we are. What do you think? Can we get some success? People's court this. Could could, could this happen? You want it to happen? I don't know. Let's let's break this down, Judge Judy. Oh goodness, I, I I'm I'm pleased to
2: see one thing at least they they've taken mommy and daddy off of the off the lawsuit, right? So this is at least now these are player players that are suing. So even though I am sure mom and dad are pulling all the strings behind the behind the scenes, at least it doesn't say, uh, you know, dear Big Ten Conference, mom and dad are suing you. So congratulations on that. I think if you're going to try to say that there is a contract or something between the players and the conference, I, I I don't think this lawsuit stands a great chance. And again, I am I continue to be astounded at the inability of people to walk away from a not outrageous decision. You know, again, this is not one conference that just out of the blue said we're not playing and you know that that they they were totally on an island like this it's it's not the way it is and i think that there are plenty of justifiable reasons why the big 10 did what it did maybe it did it too soon but even that's kind of funny because i remember people like ad's and conference commissioners and everything saying well june 15th we need an answer june 30th we've got to have an answer july 15th we have got to have an answer they do it in like mid august oh it's too soon it's like it's just another example of how nuts everything has gotten. But fine. Sue away. I don't like your chances,
1: guys. Yeah, I don't think uh, the district court of Lancaster County is going to make the entire Big Ten play football in a pandemic because a couple of parents, because it really was the parents of these players, had their panties in a twist. Like, I I just don't think any of this is predicated in reality. And it's interesting how many Big Ten programs have also been really quiet about what's happened too. like that, like that. That silence probably deserves more attention than the Nebraska, Iowa, Ohio State contingent. I'm, I'm surprised Randy Wade didn't get his name on that lawsuit because he hasn't. <laughs> uh, you know, he's, he's been mad. he's been a peach. He's been a peach in all this. Uh, you know, and there's been some carping from some other some other places too. But there's also places like that, that they clearly weren't comfortable playing. Like there was a, there was there was something out there that you know Minnesota they they pulled you know. The players, and like every single one of them, was like, "Yeah." And they obviously have a teammate too, who's uh, who's immunocompromised. Uh, Casey Martin, I believe his name is the uh, the young man who uh, who overcame multiple bouts of cancer. cancer. So, like, yeah. I just I really think that. Uh, There has been a lot of crazy in the Big Ten. I would think like Nebraska would be like the, you know, they're the kind of crazy like you have to call the police on, whereas the other (laughs) ones are just like your run of the mill (laughs) crazy. And so this is not. not Ohio State,
2: you might need to call the police. Yeah, Yeah. no, they've
1: they've been right. They've been right up there. So, um, yes. And the only people more mad about what Nebraska that Nebraska being canceled than. The parents and the fans are in the Nebraska media, which has not like which is not exactly looked at this situation with the most balanced um, of fervor. So they, they have uh, yeah, they have been they've been stoking the flames a lot more so than uh, viewing it through a prism of pragmatism.
0: Yeah, uh, seems to be they're upset here. They're, they're claiming that uh, they want to know whether a vote was actually taken, which, I, you know, because according to the bylaws, a real vote has to happen. That's kind of having read through this, Mm -hmm. uh, they're saying they're being uh, their contract is being breached because they don't have the opportunity to market themselves and prepare for a professional career. At least they're not pulling out the but Lincoln, Nebraska is going to lose so much money. Yeah. It's just a dumb argument. All those people already live in Nebraska. They'll spend their money elsewhere. (laughs) It's not lost money. It's just sent somewhere else. Uh, Your neighborhood your neighborhood restaurant will make money. We discussed this,
2: but even if they play the games, very few people in the stands, very few people in the hotels, very few people in the restaurants. You're already losing money if you play the games.
0: But anyway, I like a good lawsuit. I mean, get after it. Uh, <laughs> Mike Flood, lead attorney from Jewel and Collins, attorneys of law, established 1956. I'm sure they do a bang-up job out there in Nebraska if you need any uh, legal representation. Mike Flood will be
1: there, Kurt Flood. Free plug right there.
0: (laughs) Uh, I'm hoping this judge just comes out and just just
1: puts a whopper on there. (laughs) You you ever ever think when, like, wacky things happen in the SEC, you're almost like Paul Feinbaum couldn't have written it any better? You know what I mean? Just in terms of, like, craziness. This is like whoever the Paul Feinbaum of Omaha is must be (laughs) just having a field day. Like, (laughs) well, the problem is...
0: The Big Ten doesn't have enough crazy, and then when they do, like this, so I wrote a column saying I thought that you know fighting for the the playing was actually good for the Nebraska because people are at least talking about them, and they are yeah. kind of obsolete, and and it and I think there's a lot of people who want to play football. There's a lot of high school kids and coaches and parents and the football community who want to play right now, and so the ability for for Scott Frost to be like help rallying that, I think it was a good thing. Yeah. All I got for Nebraska fans is no, no, we weren't rocking the boat. Like they're yeah, too right. nice. Oh, no. <laughs> they can't play the villain. They don't want to be crazy. They, no, 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 we weren't doing anything. We were totally, and it's like, that's not fun. Be Auburn, man. <laughs> be LSU. <laughs> like be like damn yeah. straight. Remember when George Car, like George Carville will write those letters after a bad. Oh, call. yeah, yeah. Yeah. He'll, like, oh, yeah. he'll, he'll write a letter to the commissioner of the SEC declaring, oh, yeah. you know, be the dead Shembecklers and <laughs> declare that there is a there's a Wolverine conspiracy against you. Do it. But the, the, they just don't have the heart for it. No, Nebraska. they're too and sincere. That's all right. It's a good thing. Mm-hmm. We need we need more common ground and nice. We want that. But for our purposes, not so good right
2: here. No. <laughs> they're too sincere. And so they're like, they are crazy about wanting to play, but they don't want to be perceived as crazy because they want to be perceived as nice people and it hurts their feelings if you call them crazy. And this is the same thing like when they left the Big 12 and everybody's like, oh, you know, Nebraska's being high maintenance. So like, no, 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 no. Texas is the problem. We would just like to go somewhere where we are appreciated. And it's like, see, this is the same kind of passive aggressive approach here.
1: Yeah. And I mean, look, they chase the money. Blamed it on Texas being crazy. They came and got the money. They've been getting their tails handed to them consistently now for about a decade. And... You know, like, look, they're like pining for the days of Bo Pelini, right? Like that's how that's how that's how bad it's uh, that's how bad it's gone. I was looking at Frank Solich's record the other day. Like they would they would kill to have Frank Hell Solich yeah. type type success. And look, they've been playing in the most one of the most pedestrian divisions in all of college football. They're not playing sure. the SEC West gauntlet. All right, like if or you are the Big Ten your, East, yes, with all your resources and tradition can't get your nose above 500 like Scott Frost has been unable to do in that division there's some there's some serious problems and they've a terrible leadership there too i mean the, the hiring of mike riley was one of the it was an understandable hire at the time because obviously Bo Kinda. was a bit of a uh, caustic figure, and Mike Riley's a great guy. Oh, who? We mm-hmm. uh, ever met anyone nicer in college football than Mike Riley? No, but no. he was clearly past his prime, going for a payday out of you know out of region. It was going to be a complete overt disaster from the start. That was one of the most obvious bad hires. But he soothed everybody's soul for a while. He made everyone feel Nebraska nice and. You know, and the, and essentially it, it it tanked the program. They've churned through ADs, none of whom have been outstanding. And now this is their moment. I mean, I think this is their defining Big Ten moment. And I think they'll, you know, once we go back to normal again, I think they'll revert back to what they've been doing on the field. Man, it's tough. <laughs> defining moment. <laughs> well, You got a better one? Defining moment. Uh, Would they no, lose them like 50-3 so no. like in the Big Ten title game?
2: They gave up 70 in the Big Ten title oh, game. Sorry. That's been their defining moment that. so far.
0: Their one, t-
1: their one time that. they
2: made
0: it. Brett
2: Bielema yeah. put 70 on them.
1: They had the great Harvey
0: Perlman as their chancellor. Oh, yeah. He was one of the, the strongest advocates for the Bowl Championship Series and thus ran a foul with me on a few occasions. <laughs> He once declared that no one wanted to play home games during the playoffs. (laughs) I wrote a whole chapter about that (laughs) and talking about the economic impact. I could have brought to Lincoln. I actually had a book signing for "Death to the BCS" in Lincoln at the at the University of Nebraska bookstore in the morning of a game, and Harvey Perlman came by. Did he really? Yeah, to to, uh, defend himself. But (laughs) it was that's pretty great. It was okay because he bought a book. Oh, oh okay. gotcha. All right. You go. <laughs> it's He's like, hey, you buy the book, you, you get at it. I, Absolutely. I take all... yeah, he wasn't too happy with me. Ten minutes of
2: complaining time in exchange for $24.95 for the book. That's ne- This yeah. is Nebraska nice, though,
0: right? Yeah. Like, he stood in line, <laughs> bought a book. I may or may not have signed it. He may or may not have had it signed and then spent the time arguing with me, but then <laughs> left. Love it. He's the damn chancellor of the school. He could have cut the line and just come up and just mf me all day, right? Could have <laughs> called me at any point, but he stood in line and bought a book. What a nice guy! I'm a total, totally the worst person in that fight. <laughs>
1: I feel bad for these. I would side presidents. with
0: Harvey Perlman
1: over me all these college presidents get on these NSA panels and think it'll be cool. But then they really get like shoved out to the media. Like I've talked to Harvey Perlman over the years, half dozen <laughs> times and they really don't know this space. Like they want right. to know it. And it's important to be affiliated with like Ed Ray was the classic example. He uh, was like, he was like the, like the wind up yeah. toy. They'd be like, Ed Ray, go say nice things <laughs> about Mark Emrit doing a great <laughs> job. And he was clearly just an empty suit who wanted to be on some committees and to look good on his resume. And there was not a whole lot of depth to Ed Ray, who was also Larry Scott's biggest supporter in the uh, PAC 12. Yeah. So, he knows, yeah, how, to, he knows how to get behind the empty suits, if there uh, if there if there ever was any. But yeah, oh Harvey, oh, do you want to talk to Harvey Perlman about this? When I was at the New York Times, presidents of colleges would trip over each other <laughs> to be in the New York Times. That oh, was yeah. like that was that's, like their big
2: yeah. That was like that's a big, the call they want. Yahoo oh. Sports, not so much. But, uh, <sighs> yeah, New York oh, I think He so. was like,
0: I'm 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 upset with you. I'm like, well, take a number, buddy. Like, <laughs> yeah. <you> know, exactly. <laughs> All right, here's an ongoing saga. We have a news break, and I know it's going to be a shocker to uh, everyone involved in this podcast. But uh, the NCAA is alleging that uh, LSU Ben's basketball coach Will Wade either arranged for or offered the dreaded impermissible payments to at least 11 potential recruits or others around them. It's according to a document that uh, that is LSU has put out. ESPN had it first. Mark Schlebaugh. Yeah, and and only some of them are are actually on wiretaps. They actually, I think, <laughs> I don't think there were eleven different guys on wiretaps. So that means
1: <laughs> they found a few the FBI didn't even bother with. Pete, I, I know you're surprised. I'm shocked. Yes, just absolutely shocked. And. You know, when Will Wade someday writes his uh, autobiography, it will be called How to Overtly Cheat, Be an Outlier in a Business of Crooks, and Still Not Get Fired. And I would read it because it's amazing. (laughs) You know what? Will Wade would have had a day in the news cycle of getting hammered yesterday, except for the fact that a, like, grade one hurricane was barreling down on New Orleans and an unprecedented moment of social justice happened in the NBA hours after he got rained on and, you know, ended up in the news cycle. And nobody's talking about Will Wade the rest of the week and rightfully so. They shouldn't be. But it's amazing how he has survived. It is it is unbelievable. In fact, I'm actually at the point now where I don't want Will Wade to get fired. Not that I did before. Yeah. He obviously we would all agree deserves to be for all everything that has happened. But I really am just enjoying the charade of it all. Like I would love to keep going. Like, And, you know, nobody in the media down in, in Louisiana has really pressed LSU on it a lot. And I would just love, you know, like I believe he would be going to his third consecutive SEC media day this year where he has to take like awkward questions about the latest <laughs> development in this. I mean, that's kind of if you can survive three media days <laughs> having been caught on wiretap. They made a documentary about you getting caught on wiretap in part. And now the NCAA is accusing you of paying 11 players. Um so my, my phone yesterday, and I'm sure Pat's, yours was the same, was just like lit up. And like one coach was like, I, and one of the hints is that Will Wade paid them out of his own pocket and uh, in, in the NCAA verbiage. So what a, a coach called me yesterday and he was like, do you think like on his like monthly budget, it says like mortgage, car payment, uh, 401k, front court, back court. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is, uh, you know, someday Wade will, will get fired, but like. Here's the other thing too, like LSU clearly is being laughed at in the SEC by the other administrators and and clearly college coaches who are, as a group, have a pretty low ethical ground, right? (laughs) Like, like these are not, you know, (laughs) this is not, this is not a group of of high, not a seminary, not a seminary. Nope. 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 So amid a place where essentially cheating is, a requisite to prospering. Will Wade has been an outlier, I would say, for four or five years now. You know, like he has gone outside, even in the SEC. So if you take it in basketball coaches and in the SEC, he has been like a distinct outlier. And in, in and he really hasn't accomplished that much either. It's it's a it's a marvelous story how he's how he's threaded this needle and and, and survived. It's it's been amazing. So here, here's rooting for for LSU to keep enabling this, and the, the thought was always once the notice of allegations came, they would uh, they would fire Will Wade. But the notice of allegations may be still six eight more months away. Uh, there's been a confluence of, of of reasons that I won't bore you with that this thing's taken a very long time, and the pandemic being one of them. And it'll be it'll be interesting to see. And I, I guess my last note will be if you read the one of the, the 44 page document, it's hilarious how Wade actually responded to this. You can actually feel. The frustration in the NCAA's letter. It took him 13 months to turn over, and they had to be threatened three times with an immediate NCAA violation before he finally turned over all the cell phone records. And they like, turned him over the wrong way. And then when they all got turned over, they they, they realized that like everything wasn't there. I mean, he's just—it's just this like classic duck and dodge. It's it's really been just hilarious to see. I think all of us would actually love to have a friend.
2: Like LSU is for Will Wade, where you're like, if you're the (laughs) screw up, you're the 'er ne'er-do-well, but they're, you know, hey, can you lend me some money? Yeah, I'll lend you some money. Uh, My car's broken (laughs) down. Can you give me? Yeah, I'll give you a ride. You're pulling them out of a bar argument, you know, to save them from getting in a fight. If they do get in a fight and they, you know, they get arrested, you'll be the one bailing them out of jail. LSU is all that. For Will Wade. And everybody on the outside is like, why are you friends with that loser? And they're like, oh, he's not that bad. He's misunderstood. You know, he's he's really he, – he 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 has a good side to him, and you're just seeing the wrong side of him. He's also won two of, two-thirds of of his game so far as the coach there. Uh, but, I mean, Pete, as you alluded to, the number of things that he has somehow gotten through. I mean, his phone records were subpoenaed by the FBI – Uh, There was the famous wiretap, the transcript of that, which we all reported in March of 2019. That didn't get him fired. Then I was there for the, oh, then he wouldn't talk to the school about that. That got him suspended, but it didn't get him fired. Then I was there for that just pitiful press conference at SEC spring meetings where he couldn't explain Um, anything. That didn't get him fired. And then the HBO documentary where you actually hear the wiretap and- now Steve Thompson, his attorney, is trying to say, ah, he was offering an assistant coaching job to the middleman. Come on, man. But that hadn't gotten him fired either. Now we've got the NCAA saying that they have information about him with 11 different players, which is a lot, because he's only been at the school for three years. So Bill's <laughs> getting it done.
0: <laughs> the, the, the team only has 15 guys, and some of them are walk-ons. Like, come yeah, on. Right. He's <clears throat>
2: cheating 11? for all of them is what the NCAA is oh, saying.
1: I, do you Will think uh, DiCaprio awesome. could make a sequel of Catch Me If You Can? There yeah, you go. That's Wolf of it. Wall because Street that would be the title know. of the Will Wade biography. Catch Me If You Can. Mm-hmm. I, I love him.
0: He's fantastic. As someone who played the leading heartthrob in that in that documentary, um, I can. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget that in the documentary, the guy he was talking to at the time, uh, Christian Dawkins, literally said, yeah, he's talking about money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you know what we're talking about? Um, yeah. You know, but hey, what does he know? He was only in the conversation. By far Will Wade's best move. And then and then, and then Christian Dawkins literally mocks LSU by saying, you know, Will Wade's a gangster for pulling this off. Yeah. Like he's still yeah. getting his two and a half million. But the best was when he refused to meet. Like, um, yeah. there's this uh allegation that you cheated. Uh, could you please come in and talk to your boss? No. <laughs> Okay. Like I don't if there is a missing Diet Coke in the Coke machine for most workers in America. Uh hey Jerry, uh looks like uh maybe two Diet Cokes came out. You only paid for one. Uh, you got a story? I have no comment. Like what? You would lose your job for that. I don't want to yeah. meet with you. Yeah, right.
1: Okay, we'll just suspend you for a month, but then give you your two and a half
0: million dollar job back.
1: <laughs> it's supposedly like LSU hasn't fired him because they don't want to pay him the buyout money. You really think Will Wade's gonna sue LSU? How do you think Will Wade's yeah, gonna handle right. discovery? It took him 13 months to dig up his phone records <laughs> and, and and give him to the give him to the, He was basically playing three card Monty with them for like 13 months. Do you, you oh, really yeah. think Will Wade's gonna sue LSU? You really it's, think that's gonna go well? Like this like, was this was NC State in the pioneering
0: move of them all when they just stopped paying Mark Godfrey's yes. buyout yeah. and said, yeah. come get it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yes. Come sue us, and, and I haven't seen more lawsuits from Nebraska football players than Mark yes. Godfrey <laughs> looking for his money. <laughs> yes, That's, I mean that was one of the great moves of all time. It was. NC State just being like, yeah, yeah.
2: Well, yeah. No, you're you are your money? We're not paying you. Goodbye. Yeah, yeah. we're here. Yes.
1: You know where to find us. We haven't moved. We've been right. here about 150 years. <laughs> uh, same address. Half halfway through a Will Wade column yesterday before the world went crazy, and I was looking up like uh. great cheaters in NCAA history because you know, like like you have to like. Will Wade's gonna really end up high up in that echelon. Like, is he the tark of this generation? And then I see like Jim Herrick listed on them. And I was like, <laughs> is Jim Herrick still on the bench at Cal State Northridge? And he is. And that just of warmed course. my heart. Like <laughs> Mark good. Godfrey is like uh, Jim Herrick's like in his early 80s. Uh, <laughs> and he is on the bench at Cal State Northridge. And if there is a season, and if eventually uh, you know, uh, NC State and in Northridge get their NC comeuppance, which I would assume is coming um, in some form or another. Wouldn't it be awesome if Jim Herrick was the interim coach at Cal State Northridge? Like, wouldn't that be like the most college basketball thing ever? <laughs> that'd be that'd be
0: strong, that'd be tremendous. <laughs> that would be strong. Yeah. Well, anyway, that is um, the, the best move Tark ever came up with was his way to never get fired as he became a tenured professor. No. <laughs>
1: Uh, he ended up
0: resigning what was he a professor of i don't know but i'll have to check that out i I remember that one of his his job uh he was you know he'd renegotiate his contract like every three weeks and uh in one of them he he got the school uh unlv back in the day maybe not the finest academic (laughs) institution so they made him a tenured (laughs) professor he's like they can never fire me once he found out about this tenured thing Oh, that's beautiful! Uh, so
1: pretty good. The stuff. Harvard of the desert. Uh, yeah. Harvard of the strip.
0: <laughs> the Harvard of. Uh, yeah. The strip. Uh, all right. And then speaking of great buyouts, we got to tip our cap to our man here. Jerry Falwell at Liberty. A couple things here. We didn't know a lot of things we didn't know about Jerry Falwell at Liberty. First off, no surprise now that Jerry Falwell was not troubled at all. That uh, that Hugh Freeze was calling escorts on a telephone. You can pretty much see why that didn't really <laughs> register as a problem for Jerry. Jerry's like,
2: that's it? I'm
0: getting yeah, the old right. Miss coach, and that's all he's been doing? This guy's kind of square compared to me. I, if I had known this much about Jerry Falwell, Liberty would have been my favorite team. <laughs> this guy is
1: awesome. <laughs> You would have rejected the Jerry Falwell script in Hollywood. Like religious right leader, oh. pious and everything. Yeah. The pool boy? No but no yeah. way anyone would believe the pool boy. The pool boy threesome. I
0: mean, come on. <laughs> it's pretty unbelievable. I mean, and don't come at us with your you know, Jerry Falwell gets into politics. We would be having a field day here if this guy was the, the president at any school in Brown America. Brown oh, oh, my goodness. Yes. When a, when a, when a, a guy who's trying to build a, a significant football program gets involved in a pool boy threesome <laughs> that involves luxury yachts, yeah. the Fountain Blue Hotel in South Beach, uh, a 10, um, an $10.5 million buyout. I mean, this guy is phenomenal. Straight gangster. Oh. Jerry Falwell. I didn't know. I, I had my doubts. He did. You're right, though. This is not a he did everything but like get caught in a airport restroom and claim he had a <laughs> wide stance.
1: <laughs> Just phenomenal. Yeah. And we've obviously I think been Liberty critical can of the freeze hire and the Ian McCaw hire. They make total sense now. That's that's in. Well,
2: you know, who's going to be the basketball coach eventually?
0: will Wade. We'll Wade. Yeah. Yeah. So, that'll be his rebound job. Yep. Well, way to be up there, Jerry. The, the the job interview with Jerry Falwell and Hugh Freeze, and he he say, so you were calling this escort, and Hugh said yes. So she still got the number? <laughs>
2: uh, uh, and then and, and follow up, you know. And there, there's a place here in Lynchburg. I can I can hook you up. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you. Oh, this
0: you need to recruit Miami more often. Yeah. A lot of good players down in Miami. Yeah, right. I want to get down the fountain blue. Look out for the pool boy. What <laughs> oh, the poor guy gets called a bo- boy, pool boy. Yeah, right. I mean, He's it's a not pool easy. Man. Keeping, He's a pool man. Come on, show some respect. Keeping for the pH the guy. levels and the chlorine—that's hard work. <laughs> People are peeing in those pools. I, I don't think that's an easy job. I find that highly disrespectful. I've done that job
2: as a lifeguard, not a pool boy, but as a lifeguard. Let me tell you, that's some <laughs> difficult labor.
0: That's the pool Got boy. to vacuum the pool early in the morning. I was also a pool boy growing up in high school. Fun fact. Stella, so somebody... you were a pool boy. Did you guys ever get get linked into some like threesomes and real estate deals? <laughs> Surprisingly, <laughs> no threesomes and real estate deals in the Chattanooga pool industry, but uh, we did have plenty of dead cats and dead possums in the bottom of pool liners. It was a pretty gross setup. Really? What? Back that up. Dead cats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dead, dead cats, and that, that was just one. But it, still, like it, there there's a lot of nasty things underneath pool liners I had to clean out in my day. What the hell is going on? Sully called it the Chattanooga pool industry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sully. Uh, yeah. Sully, you you could add your shot with the fall wells. Yeah. Well, I need this guy to get back into the college sports uh, uh, realm because I, I just, he just wasn't marketing himself well. He could have been a podcast favorite, <laughs> at least for me. <laughs> he tried.
2: I mean, you know, he made a late run with the, you know, the picture with his pants unzipped and all that stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah.
0: in the luxury you know. boat, like yeah. you know, like the yacht. That's it. Like, yeah.
1: Remember when those like. two Liberty players opted out and pieced out and transferred the two defensive backs? Those are yeah. the two best decisions in like the history of college football or at least in 2020. <laughs> they were like, this place Nah I'm good. I think one ended up at Louisville, right Pat Didn't one of the yes. DBs end up yes. at Louisville? Yeah, I'm yes. not sure what the other one ended up but like <laughs> they looked around and they were like nah <laughs> When
0: you're when you're seeking a, like a nice calm environment and you head to Louisville, <laughs> <laughs> kind of gotta know, gotta uh, wonder what's going on. That, that was our sign. That was the canary in the coal mine. uh Anyway, <laughs> congratulations, uh President Falwell, for your big payday. Yeah,
1: ah, man. And so I he had a great get... line in in the rundown. He, he said, "Even Randy edsel's jealous of that payout. Yeah, it's like that's well, a bonus <laughs> to Randy edsel <laughs> that's stands true. in awe of.
2: Like ten point five million dollars to go away is a complete disgrace. Yeah." Yeah,
1: we would all. And think you know, it. it's it's a I, private school, right? So yeah, why did they announce that? Like, it was almost like he was like grandstanding his payout, right? Like, what, what other reason? What uh, have uh, been? To make no, that, that would get that would get re, pre, that would be one of the top five payouts eventually. That's well, gonna yeah, be, a there would be, be in tax returns, but it's over five years, and like mm-hmm. nobody would care. Like, it wouldn't it, him saying it in the aftermath. I think was him like patting himself on the back. Yeah, oh, I think absolutely saying that and then and going with
2: the Martin Luther King uh, quote.
1: Oh, oh,
2: free at last, free at last. Thank God almighty I'm free at last. Oh, boy. I mean, the tone deafness that has to go into yes. saying that in his situation. Yes. Holy Hugh Freezer
1: is going to call him and tell me lack self-awareness, which would be a treat <laughs> of a conversation to listen to.
0: Uh, well, listen, heroes come in all shapes and sizes They whether do. we deserve them or not. All right, before we go, we, we, we're we going to pick games. Now, sometimes uh, I think it's going to be attached to this. and Maybe it's a breakout pod. I don't know. Nothing is. Who knows? But the race for the case is back. Uh, and I, all I remember is absolutely trouncing you guys in the bowl race for the case. I don't remember what happened during the regular season. I don't believe there's any record of that. I certainly don't remember what <laughs> yes. happened in the yeah, regular season. I don't believe. I'm not sure we even did it. No, we not um, But I do remember the bowl. But anyway, uh, I think the, the race pool boy the can- beat you in in the regular season, Pat. Hey, 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 <laughs> tap, hey, hey, tap hey. forty. Yep, pick the opposite of Pat forty. Yes, tap. yes, tap forty. And you can that is- make a lot of money.
1: <laughs> if you ever look at our comments on uh, Apple, a lot of them are. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with tap. <laughs> Again, the
2: 2018 season. I do remember that one where I dominated. <laughs> dominated. That was a while, that was a while
0: ago. Well, let me <laughs> so give you this one, Pat. You can only lose one game this weekend because there's only yep. one game played. <laughs> Let's this bring isn't it exactly on. This is exactly the start of the Indy 500 where they go top speed <laughs> as fast as possible. <laughs> Slow jog into the race this year. So uh, we have Central Arkansas giving up four and a half against Austin P. Neutral site, the Crampton Bowl in Montgomery. Central Arkansas is defending Southland co-champ. That is uh FCS. And Austin P is uh won eleven and four and won the Ohio Valley last year, also FCS. So uh this is where we're at. <laughs> we're picking a single game in week uh, one, zero, FCS whatever you want to call it. Game. Uh but you know what? I'm taking it. What do you got? Who you got? Pat 40, you start there. I love
2: the Govs. Give me Austin P. Give me the points on the neutral field. They shook off the burden of Mark Hudsmith, who had been their coach, I don't know exactly what he did wrong, but he did something wrong to get fired in, like, June. Uh, they're going to be rejuvenated. They're a good quality program. They had been built up by Will Healy.
1: Austin P. wins and covers, or at least covers. So I've spent a lot of time on Central Arkansas, as you, as you can imagine. And <laughs> as we were taping this podcast on Thursday, Eric Edholm tweeted out a story about Central Arkansas corner Robert Rochelle. So I just want you to know that, like, I'm not the only one dialed in to the Bears personnel. And look, if you're Central Arkansas, you are going to turn around and get hammered at UAB on Thursday, right? So you're just you're just throwing it all in to this opener in in Montgomery. And uh, you also like look like it's been a time of tumult in Clarksville for uh, for, for Austin P. You have Hudspeth's, let's just say, mysterious departure. You have. Marquise Lovings, the defensive line coach, getting promoted to the head coaching job. He's obviously a younger coach. He'll be making his debut. There's some uncertainty amongst the govs. In Central Arkansas, we're certain. We are certain they're going to go collect as much cash as possible from this season. They are going to turn 2020 into a collegiate ATM, and it is going to start with a win in Montgomery on Saturday night. I think the Bears cruise to a win. It's my lock of the week. (laughs) Oh, there you go. So, Austin P, the great
0: story, is back in uh, the 70s, they had had, uh, Fly Williams, the Brooklyn Playground legend, playing for their basketball team. Recruited by Leonard Hamilton. (laughs) Always got players, baby. Oh, Oh, yeah. Always always got players. I think they won a game in, uh, I don't know what, 72 or 73. This is a long time ago. Pat, you might have been at that Jacksonville (laughs) sub-regional. Not sure, but.
2: Yeah, that was Uh, 73 or maybe even 74. I don't know. But yeah. uh,
0: The big line was uh, the fly is open. Let's go pee. Mm -hmm. Uh, You just can't go wrong. All time great chant. All time great chant. We're still talking about it uh, 40 something years later. (laughs) That said, I'm Central Arkansas Bear this week. (sighs) Fine. Fine. Ain't no party like a Conway party. (laughs) And. uh, I agree with Pete. They're going to give it everything they got tonight, and then take UAB big on Thursday. Uh, that's oh. like an NFL schedule. One of the, and the NFL players complain yeah. about this schedule, but hey, look, Bills don't pay for themselves up there in Central Arkansas. So you go UCA. We'll see where we're at. Uh, all right, uh, that's it. That's the whole race for the case. But more games next week. Who do UTEP might play? We'll <laughs> see. It's going to be wild. The season is here, though. We, I think we made it. Maybe. I, I'm nervous. Maybe we made it. 48 kind of. hours. Come on. Come on now. Come on. Are we white knuckling off the exit right now? Trent's trying to avoid black ice. What's going on? <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. The once, snow. The, once, the, once the season starts, that's when it really starts snowing. Yeah, that's actually true. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. We ain't pulling into the Super 8 yet, Sully. <laughs> sure. We got a long way to go. Yeah. Uh, all right. <laughs> Give us
0: a nice uh, review, subscribe, share us on social media, and mostly be back when we uh, revisit everything on Monday. Talk to you then.
1: I'm Mike Isikoff, Chief Investigative Correspondent for Yahoo News. And I'm Dan Clydman, Editor-in-Chief of Yahoo News. We're the hosts of Skullduggery, a podcast that not only breaks down the news, but also breaks news. We deliver authoritative analysis while drawing intriguing historical parallels from our decades of covering D.C. scandals. With our current focus on the president and his administration's handling of the coronavirus to the 2020 elections, we interview those helping to shape the stories. So subscribe to and download Skullduggery Wherever you listen to your podcasts, and be sure to follow us on social media at SkullduggeryPod. Pod.